When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This program was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit LoveSportRadio.com. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, and I'm joined in the studio with Jason McGovern, Ricky Sachs, and Chris Callen. And today is a very, very special show indeed, because last week it was Tottenham Hotspur's birthday, and it was a celebration, and we did speak about it, all your favourite Tottenham memories. Well, today it is a very special birthday indeed. Last word on Spurs, free today. Happy birthday. Ricky, tell us all about it. Free two today. Oh, right. in, a, in a way, it is still free. This show, so don't worry. It's still free for you to listen to. But it, we are two years old. Ah, uh, apologies. But apologies. We'll get the free eventually. Hopefully, fingers crossed. If uh, Danny Rose doesn't leave the club, just in case Jason might kick off. Um, but we're going to talk about Danny Rose later in the show to come. Um, just want to start by saying a massive thank you to every single listener that has you know tuned into the last word on Spurs over the last couple of years. Um, I don't think we can uh, comprehend just how big the show has got now. It's just. Just to kind of give a flavour out there of just how big the show is, we have received, I think, over 1.25 million downloads, which is just simply incredible. You know, we only started a couple of years ago in a bedroom and it's grown on to national radio thanks to you guys that have put us into that platform. And um, I think when me and Jay started this up, I don't think we ever believed, Jay, it would go as far as it has. I didn't think we'd get through four transfer windows, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you might have. I'm not sure about Ricky because oh, I know how serious he takes those transfer windows. But Jace, when you did start out and how far last word on Spurs has come, did you? Could you ever picture this? No, not really. It was uh, we was with another podcast and one or two things happened there, and then Rick and I said, "Come on, we'll, we'll do something together." I think Everton was that first game, wasn't it? The three with Everton, and yeah, it was just a, a matter of. I mean, it's always for me just been a matter of fun, and I just love talking Tottenham. But uh, and then the transfer window came and. And Ricky here just, just took it over then, and that was it. 
our very own Jim White talking transfers, especially early in the hours as well, Ricky. The tweeting never stops. But last word on Spurs, it has grown. And now you're even, you, you work alongside other Tottenham in association with um, uh, Lily Woes, right? Don't you? There's loads. Yeah, yeah John. Yeah, and obviously Chris has joined the show. Obviously, he's been with us about a year or so. So um, we've got a great team in place. And obviously, behind us, like I say, to have that team in place, that's what makes the show as successful as it does. And also, of course, all the listeners that keep driving the show week upon week. Can I, can I just say that I don't think people realise how much work and effort Ricky actually puts into this show. Um, even when you call him, it doesn't even ring. He's got the phone in his hand all the time. Even on his honeymoon, he's tweeting and making stories up about us signing all these players. <laughs> the one thing is, if my wife is listening to you, then why am I getting picked up in the space of 30 seconds? Now there is going to be an argument. Yeah, I'm worried because so when I try that. to book him for another show, he always says he's busy or the phone doesn't answer. So that's, a, that's the biggest uh, thing we've learnt tonight, Chris. Not only that, the effort from the whole team, though, because yeah. the, the, the squad is strong in depth, isn't it? Every week, you know, you rotate, there's a different three, and yeah. it's delightful to see all of you. And not just the work that you do, Ricky, the work you've done, Chris, to get here tonight, because Google said you weren't a made it. I mean, the man is sweating, I'm sweating. but he is here just to talk Tottenham. Yes. <laughs> well, we all love it, don't we? We all love this show, and, uh, you know, it's great to be back. Carabao Cup, mate. Yeah, Carabao Cup. Chris is known as we've, now. We've got to we've got to win that competition this year. <laughs> Let's can talk we, about can that. Can we just say though? Yeah. On, at the moment on the desk, we've kind of got a mixture of cakes here mm. for the celebration. <laughs> now we've kind of got. So Chris walked in with an M&S. You're still doing it on the bedroom budget, yeah, we've aren't got, you? We've kind of, I've got to walked in with Tesco's. And obviously that joke has already been made, the fact that, you know, the comparison between Danny Rose and Ben Davis. So we're going to come on to that. But, you know, it's fascinating when you see uh, the mixture of variety here. Well, let's talk a little bit about football because uh, Jace did joke there that Chris is now known as Carabo Chris. We did have a big debate last <laughs> week talking about how important was it for Tottenham to win a trophy. Obviously, social media was very excited about a few of your comments, Chris. But, Jace, what do you make of this? Where do you stand? We know Chris said, look, we need to win a trophy, you know, and others say European qualification is just as important because, you know, winning a Carabao Cup isn't the most attractive thing for players to join. Where do you stand on it? I think short term you want to to win the trophy and I think it is time, but I think long term Tottenham have far more chance to be the club we really want to become if we're, we're involved in the Champions League and I think Carabao Cup this year but not getting top four would be would not be a good season but the thing is four years in the 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 top four now we should be able to be handle both both competitions there's no reason why we can't can't do better in both the problem is for me that when it comes to the the cup competitions at some stage you're going to have to beat probably one if not two of those other big boys and in semi-finals and finals we don't beat those big boys well, Ricky, you was uh, sort of frowning upon that. I know how you feel about it with the European qualification. We, we certainly know how Chris feels. But since the last week, have you have you had any more to think about? To be fair to Chris, I don't think it's just Carabao Cup. It was more domestic trophy and FA Cup as well, wasn't it? It wasn't single-handedly yeah, well, the Carabao Cup. Well, when we were talking about Tottenham's history and when we were talking about the last 30 years and then we worked out that it was only three trophies in the last 30 years, that, that, that to me it just mm, is awful. Enough. And like, like I said last week, Pochettino is now in his sixth season in charge. Yes, it's very important to finish top four. And I didn't say that, uh, you know, I know you said, uh, would you rather finish outside the top four just to win a trophy? I, I, I'm a Tottenham fan. I want to win trophies. You know, the age I am now, I haven't seen us win enough. And, you know, for all the kids now, you know, growing up, and we've all got, we all know people who is an Arsenal fan, Chelsea fan and so on. And every single time one of them will always come back and say, well, how many trophies have you won in the last 10 years? I agree with Chris. I think this squad needs the trophy. It's not about do you want, what do you want? I think it's craving it and needs it. And you look at Maurizio Pochettino, he's been at the club six seasons. Um, 
listen, don't get me wrong, the way he has progressed domestically can't be questioned. He's got the club to a Champions League final, but there comes a point in every reign where it starts to go stale. And listening to Chris last week, you know, it's hard to hear, but it is true that there is something maybe not quite right this season. And it's down to Maurizio. He's obviously, he spoke today and he's suggested that, you know, he's had the players all together back from that international break and obviously he wants to try and galvanise the squad. But I do think he needs to win something this season. That's not me saying he, he has to win something or he's out, but I think he needs to win it for the concept and the sake of the squad because when you've got the same voice there for six seasons and he's working with the, the majority of the same group that he started with, I think there comes a point where players think to themselves, OK, what am I getting at the end of this? This is what I mean. It need, there needs to be something at the end of it. And listen, a Carabao Cup is not going to keep Lucas Moura. It's not going to keep Harry Kane, Deli Ali, Hun Min Son, Tungin Dembele. But what that does, winning that first trophy, it makes you believe as a football club that once mm. you've won one, you can go on and win more. And that's what it should be about. As, ma- as much as maybe the question was wor- worded wrong, like Chris said, it wasn't just about top four. You wasn't here last week. Would you prefer maybe if Spurs didn't finish in this supposedly top four and win a trophy? And also, is there a, a divide maybe against older fans and younger fans? Because the younger fans now, a lot of, and especially on other fan shows, it's all about this top four or, you know, this is seen as a trophy, whereas maybe fans of a different generation prefer actual trophies in a cabinet rather than this whole we just have to keep focusing on Europe See, it's again where it's catch 22 I agree with Jason that the fact of the matter is that you won't keep your best players by winning the Carabao Cup but at the same time winning that first trophy and you see the way that Mourinho came into the Premier League he took it very seriously Guardiola took it seriously Klopp wants to get you know um, wants to win trophies so Spurs have to I think at some point look at the situation where there's only four on offer there's only four on offer. The Premier League's very, very hard to win. So is the Champions League. And therefore, they should have the squad capable enough, I think, now to really challenge for those domestic cups. Oh, yeah, I oh, think oh. as well, the, the, the Carabao one for me is is the one that I'd sooner have in a strange way because most of the, the early rounds are played in the Champions League group games where you should be able to, to cope with the demands. The, the semi-final is always the awkward one. Is that still two-legged this year? Has it now gone to one leg? I believe it's still two legs, Jason. Still two yeah. legs. So that's always a, a nuisance, if you like, in, in January. But then the final's done and dusted by... I think you've probably played the first leg of the round, the knockout round of the Champions League. And then you've got the rest of the season then to, mm. to concentrate on being in that top four and on the Champions League. Whereas that FA Cup run, you're going to have... You know, you got you have your Dortmund in the knockout round, and you're going to be playing Chelsea on a Premier League Saturday with vital to get three points. Then you get an FA Cup game. It it, it, it interferes with that run, and the, the semi-finals we've been to have always been in awkward weeks, and we've ended up playing games on the Wednesday before the semi-final and things like that. The, the key point I was trying to make last week is that the fact that it's Pochettino's sixth season in charge, we haven't won a trophy yeah. under him yet. Players like Harry Kane, Deli Ali, Sonny, Hugo Lloris been with us for seven years. I think it's very, very important for them totally to pick up a trophy mm. whilst we are challenging for top four, if not the, the, the Premier League title. You heard what Harry said during the week. You know, he was asked the question, you know, what do you want to win? And he always says for him, whilst he loves individual honours, accolades, for him it's about winning trophies. Mm. I mean, that's the. I mean, that's going to be the future captain of Tottenham. Let's not make any bones about it. You know, Lloris at the moment is Spurs captain, but Harry's got years on him. Um, he's consistently Tottenham's top scorer every single season. He's a legend of the, of the club. It'll, I'm sure there'll be a statue of Harry Kane. You know, once he's finished his career at Tottenham, I do believe he is Mr. Tottenham. I'd be very surprised if Harry did leave us if the club continued to try and progress and want to aspire to win the Champions League and want to aspire to win the Premier League. And therefore, you know, we have to start, as Chris says, delivering trophies. And I'm sure Maurizio wants to do that as well. But time will tell. I think. 
there's no doubt that Harry Kane is Mr. Tottenham. And I think my argument maybe <coughs> is you say that, you know, if we don't start winning trophies, players could want to leave and, and go elsewhere. But in the in the last period, Spurs haven't won trophies and players haven't left. So they might not leave at all. Just you don't have to win trophies for players ultimately to stay. If they believe in the project, they're happy there. I truly believe, you know, obviously the hope is Spurs do win trophies. But I think even if you don't, worst case scenario, I, could, I couldn't imagine some of those players leaving anyway. I don't think winning a trophy alone is enough to keep them. You, you've got to be in the Champions League and winning it. The, the prime example is the last trophy we did run, uh, did win, Keenan Berbatov left straight away at the end of the season. So what did winning a trophy mean to them? They just wanted to go and play Champions League football. So you've got to be within that Champions League group. And if you want to sign Tango and Dombele and you want to sign Dybala's and people like that, you're not going to be able to say to them, well, we won the Carabao Cup, we're in the Europa League. You're but, just not going to get them. But surely, Jace, over the last few seasons, if we would have made a few more changes or, or put a, a few more key players in to some of these games we could have won those competitions? I think, yes, you're right in a way. But when I look at the semi-final we lost to Man United and the semi-final we lost to Chelsea and the final we lost to Liverpool, we've picked strong enough teams. And, and the thing is, the players that, that we talk about being scared to lose because they'll want to win a trophy, Aldevar over Tongan, Harry Kane, Deli Alley, Huminson, they've all played in those big games. But there's been some they've strange, strange in decisions in those games. Chelsea, they put Hunmin Son at left back. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah, strange, strange decision. And Crystal Palace. Toby didn't play. In the play. FA Cup last season, not a, no offence, uh, Nkudu started that game. Yeah. When you have made those strange decisions, who's at fault for that? Who's to blame there, Chris, then, in your eyes? It's, it's only one person, that's the manager. He's the, he's the one picking the team. And uh, I just hope, and I, I've got a real feeling that he's going to play it differently this season I, th- I think deep down he, he's thinking that he does need a trophy and uh, I can really see us going for, for either the League Cup or the FA Cup this, this season Well he thinks they're going to go for the League Cup the f- real football returns this week it is the Premier League back in action obviously Spurs play Crystal Palace but it has been the international break speaking to Ricky this week he was praying that Harry Kane come off a little bit earlier because at international break there is a risk of injuries we're going to look at all the Spurs players who are involved in the national break next for the fans, by the fans, Love Sport Radio. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, and it is a very special show, a birthday show. Last word on Spurs, second birthday. We are celebrating Ricky Sachs, Jason McGovern and Chris Callan all in the studio to discuss everything where Spurs are concerned. Of course, real football is back this weekend. Spurs play Crystal Palace, but it was the international break. Spurs obviously have a lot of players on that international break. That's one. Let's take a look at maybe the one that maybe is the most important if we can have favouritism. Of course, where England is concerned and Mr Tottenham, as you mentioned it, Ricky, Harry Kane. There was a worry in that game against Kosovo that you thought, all right, this game's won. This is game over until Kosovo did to produce a mini fight back. Let's get Harry Kane off. He doesn't really need to be on there, but Chris rightly pointed out. It's hard, though. You know, in Harry Kane's mind, he's not going to want to come off, is he? He's pr- no. proud, as he's proud to play for Tottenham. He's proud to play and represent his country. He doesn't want to come off. It wasn't a friendly. It was a qualifier. No, he's, he's after every single record under the sun, not only at Tottenham, but for England as well. He's, he's set the uh, Wayne Rooney record in sight, and... He's, he obviously wants to go for it. He's now scored 26 in 41. Second um, fastest man to reach the 25 milestone fantastic. after Gary Lineker, yeah. Absolutely fantastic. I, I've run out of things to say about Harry Kane. He's, he's one of the best strikers in the world. I think you get in any team in Europe. Um, the, the bloke is just fantastic. Is it typical then, because because he is doing so well, you know, you know, when you have players who are doing well for club and country, we put them on this pedestal, you know. I remember Beckham got it. when Because you, you know, I do put Harry Kane now. He's the one that's the mm, leader mm. of... of 
of our nation and of Spurs, you know, is he open to sort of a lot of media fire? Because there's a lot of talk about him in the press, isn't there? The diving and so on and so forth. And sometimes he's a little bit selfish by chasing these records when he should be putting team first. He maybe rushed back in the Champions League. Is he open to a lot of attacks by the media and the press maybe because of the level in, in which he's reached, Chris? Yeah, anyone's going to get criticism when, when they're so good, aren't they? A couple of weeks ago, he was, he was apparently diving in Arsenal's penalty box and then he scored an easy hat trick against Bulgaria you know the, the people are going to be criticized for for whatever they do but Harry Kane just puts his head down gets on with it um, and and just keeps scoring and and he does what he does best. Well, he does put his head down. He carries on with it. But does it annoy you the Spurs fans Jason maybe what Harry Kane does receive sometimes? Yeah, it does. I mean, first of all from from an England point of view, with Rick saying he should come off, we're rightly proud of him being captain of his country. He doesn't just play for England, he's England's captain. And with being England's captain comes a responsibility and you have to be available for every friendly and you're going to play 90 minutes more often than not. That's that's what goes with being England captain. And if you started taking Harry Kane off and um, getting him peed off with England, if you like, you know, it, it, it takes all the, 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 the real pride that you have in Harry Kane away. Even at the time of that game though, Jason, was you not surprised that they didn't bring him off? Uh, if it's the a Premier League game, I'd want to take him off, but he's England's captain and there's, you know, that's a little bit more important than, than perhaps people give it credit for. There's, there's a real responsibility that goes with that and you hear the other players in the team, you hear Rashford's interview before the game, how much that whole squad looks up to him. You hear how Southgate talks about the, the, the wonderful professional standards he set so you know he's an example for England and he's going to play minutes whether you like it or not just bring up on your point Chaz you said about the criticism he gets well it's seven goals in six games you know for a player that's a supposedly out of form he's not doing too bad I think it's his strongest start to August September that he's ever had and you know I think he, he's open to so much criticism nowadays because like you said earlier that you know the whole of the world is looking at him um, and Spurs I mean maybe because we're Spurs as we say this but we're not a very well liked <laughs> like team you know look at the other you know the other London clubs that we've got he does receive a lot of criticism I mean what do you believe that that Spurs well, are a, a, a really disliked team genuinely because I, I wouldn't say, say that Spurs no. are I mean maybe we, maybe I mean listen maybe I feel that more being a Spurs yeah fan. maybe that's you the receive case. it yeah definitely. I wouldn't say I would say Chelsea are much more disliked than Spurs we felt that on the Leicester season yeah, God. Yeah, maybe that's because Leicester were battling us for the you know for the title. Maybe that's the case. But you do feel when you type Harry Kane's name into social media and he's got a hat trick mm. and everyone's talking about a dive. You think, well, hold on a second. But that's what I mean. I Isn't he it, such an easy target? Sorry, Jason. I, I find it strange. You know, people talk about tapping merchant, and he gets criticism for getting tappings. Yeah. And you think, well, that's part of football. But but the same people that were criticising for getting a tapping will be going overboard with Jaden Sancho in the week who scored two tappings. Yep, spot. Mm. Mm. Well, this is what I mean. Jaden Sancho, you know, brilliant. What? Look at the blistering start he's had in the Bundesliga. Fantastic for Dortmund. He he should have stayed at City. He could get in this side. Then Harry Kane. Time. That's what I mean. But he's on this pedestal. He is the captain of England. He, he's open to much more criticism. It is very difficult. I do agree with Jason. I think it's a very valid point. You're the captain of uh, your nation. You're going to be playing a lot of minutes. You're expected to certainly in the qualifiers. He didn't come away uh, injured. Luckily, touch wood. But one other thing you all must have been impressed with was. What a brilliant two games he did have for England versus Bulgaria and Kosovo. Surely you just thought, bring on Crystal Palace on uh, on the weekend because this form he's in, we can't wait to get him back in the Spurs side. Yeah, no, like I say he's in good form at the moment. And one thing I do want to highlight about, highlight about Kane, and Chris probably sees him more up close than I do when he goes obviously every single game, is that the amount of time Kane spends with the supporters, yeah. you know, I think that is so under, I won't say undermined, but it's so underplayed, just the amount of... 
the amount of time Kane takes out of his own life, you know, to go and, you know, visit supporters that are maybe are less able and to spend time with fans who are, I say, maybe don't have that opportunity to. I mean, Chris, he's just the kind of player he is. He is. He's, 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 he's a model, model professional. Um, every, every time after a game, he will always come over to, to fans, uh, sign autographs, post photos. He's very, very good with the fans and I love to see that. You know, a lot of the players that you would expect to be like that aren't. Um, but players like Harry Kane are absolutely brilliant. Chris, is Harry Kane's role with Spurs in England uh, any different on the pitch at all? Because obviously, you know, he's in a rich vein of form for England. But is he asked to do a different job for England than the one he's asked to do for Spurs? Uh, well, I think for England, he's got a much better service. Um, you know, I think he'll score... Uh, all the time for England, virtually every game. Um, but you've got to rely on the on the service when he plays for Tottenham. Um, does he have a different role? I don't think so. I th- I th- you know, like Jace just said, he, he scores tap-ins, he scores penalties, he scores uh, from outside the box, he scores inside the box, he scores headers, he scores every type of goal there is. And I tell you what, talking about other fans, if, if you're an Arsenal fan or a Chelsea fan and, and you're slagging Harry Kane off, I tell you what, if Harry Kane was in a World Cup final and... Uh, you know, he had a penalty in the 90th minute just about to win England the World Cup. You wouldn't want any person, anyone else, to be stepping up for that penalty to, than Harry Kane. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I mean, the club and country is completely different two things. You you get behind the nation, you know, it sounds pretty cliche, but, you know, you're united and you're all together. But mm. he just has been brilliant. I mean, talking of England and uh, cl- uh, club versus country, we did have this debate on Love Sport this week, uh, club versus country. Uh, unanimously, everyone said club versus country first. Ricky, you're already nodding your head. Is yeah. that something you it's agree not with? Even a question. You God. would want Spurs to win a trophy. I would uh, want over Tottenham it. to win any trophy whatsoever yeah. over England winning a competition. Okay, Jace, do you agree with that? I take three points against Palace Saturday more than a World Cup win. <laughs> really? Don't give more than a World Cup win. Yeah. Yep. yep. Chris, it's Tottenham are far more important. Look, at Chris is in the corner now. Yeah. We're, we're all in agreement. Uh, we, we would all take a Tottenham uh, trophy. Uh, we, all, you, we all want a trophy. But League would, Cup, anything. Uh, yeah. So it, three points on Saturday or England winning the World Cup, you, you, you want three no, points no, on Saturday? No, no, it's all Tottenham. It's all, it's, all, it's all got to be about Tottenham first, yes. Wow, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked at that, but fair enough. The, the club versus country, it seems like it's... A, it's not even a debate. I don't think it's, it's not even a debate for me. Yeah, and oh, listen, Tottenham, God. Tottenham, Tottenham, Tottenham. Tottenham, Tottenham, Tottenham. Well, let's look at your other players who are on international duty. Rick, who's you keeping a close eye on this week? <laughs> well, I think it's hard to not notice Troy Parrott um, playing for the under-21s for Republic of Ireland. I mean, he's a guy that's had a lot of speculation in terms of, you know, wanting to see more of him in a Tottenham shirt. And to be fair, he's done himself no harm in the way he's played for the Republic of Ireland. You know, scored on his debut. Then he followed that with another couple of goals. And, you know, Mick McCarthy come out afterwards to suggest, you know, that he needs to be featuring in Tottenham's first team to get more of an opportunity to promote himself into the senior Republic of Ireland squad. And that's a very hard thing to do when Harry Kane is the person you're trying to displace from that. And Kane, like we've just said, is scoring for fun for England. Um, there's a big future for Troy Parrott, I think. You know, John from Lily White Rose was very, He's a very massive vocal. fan, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, massively Desperate vocal about just how much this kid has got the potential to be a player. And Maurizio in this pretty much press conference has actually said himself that whilst there is a big future for him he also just wants to have a bit of calmness you know I think maybe we as fans we look at a player and we feel he's ready but I'm sure Jace will tell you more than me you know Maurizio watches his players day in day out in training he'll know when they're ready he always gives it the right amount of I'd say the, the right time to know when to give the youngster the opportunities you look at Winks you look at Skip I mean I'd say even back to Kane he knew the right time to bed these players in so we have to trust in Maurizio that he knows the right time Jace that he's going to get his opportunity 
Yeah, I think with a with a young player, particularly a goal scorer, you Parrot's what seventeen, isn't he? Mm. I think we're so we're kind of flat at the moment, negative as fans at the moment, despite the the first four games, and we're we're looking to latch on to somebody to kind of lift it. And I think his worry will be: don't put all that pressure yeah. onto a seventeen-year-old. Bring a seventeen-year-old into the team when we've won four or five games in a row, and you can put him on the bench. And then, then if you're three 0 up with twenty minutes to go, you can take Kane off, you can bring Parrot on, and slowly introduce him. I think what Pochettino won't want to do is put the real spotlight and say, Troy Parrot, you've got to deliver today, otherwise yeah. we're going to drop points. And I think that's a different thing. Just introduce him at the right time. You talked about Colchester being the prime example. And the strange thing is, you go to Colchester and you introduce Troy Parrott. And I'm not anti-Troy Parrott mm, playing, by yeah. the way. But the first thing somebody will come on that team sheet and say, oh, we're not taking this competition seriously. Look, we've left Kane out. Mm, I don't know whether they would, Jace. Oh, you'd be surprised. It, yeah. If you a, lose at Colchester there's a lot of Parrott hype. starts... There's, there's a lot of hype about Troy Parrott. And, of course, he scored a tap-in. Um, you know, Harry Kane yeah. scores. Is that one weren't It was that one bad though. That, that yeah. lob, that was exactly. a great finish. Yeah, this, against Sweden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, fantastic goal. But Colchester, I think, is the perfect game mm. for for Troy Parrott to be introduced. Um, whether it's starting or whether a sub appearance, twenty thirty minutes, I, I think, think that's w- what it will be. W- would be great. Um, but I can see him scoring as well. Even yeah, even, yeah. even if he got twenty thirty minutes, I can I can see him scoring at seventeen years old. You're you're so excited. I don't I don't think he'll feel any pressure whatsoever. He would just be so excited to be involved in it and learning so much off Harry Kane just must be fantastic for him. The well, great Ricky, thing we, the great thing that Kane had, of course, was Europa League football yeah. as well to help, and it helped Uriah Masons and it helped Tom Carroll's and it helped Harry Winks and people like that. Now you haven't got Europa League, and it you know it's helped. Let's be fair, the other light in it, Willock and people like that, and. What's the, the other young striker? They've got Eddie Nketiah or someone. Nikita yeah, Nketiah and Reece you know, Nelson. Players like that have been able to use Carabao Cup games and Europa League games to push on. And now the demands on Tottenham, it's Champions League, vital Premier League games, and it's must-win a trophy, so you can't experiment too much. Well, a lot of fans this summer wanted Spurs to get another striker. Just, not, you know, to compliment Harry Kane, maybe provide a bit of competition. That wasn't the case. But it's obviously because the manager does see a lot in Troy, isn't it, Ricky? I think so, yeah. But again, as we've seen today, Maurizio has been very very you know very authoritative in his message to say that at the moment look you know Troy will get his time will get his chance but um, I think like Jay said it's not just about throwing his players in it's about doing it at the right time and I'm the same as Chris I'll be very disappointed if we don't see Troy at least feature in that Colchester game because I can't really think of a better fixture for him and whilst I take Jay's point on board that maybe though if we were to go out of that competition which uh, listen, we've got more than enough in the squad to get through that, even with a even with a backup eleven. Let's be fair about it. Um, it would still be, I think, the perfect game to introduce Troy because I still think, you know, as we've seen with Tottenham, that when we give these youngsters opportunity, you know, Skip came in at a very young age, Winks came in at a very young age. You know, they are training with the first team day in, day out, and therefore it's not the unknown to them to then be playing alongside these players in a Premier League game. You see where I'm coming from? Yeah, yeah. Well, we are looking at all the players who have been on international break. There are a few other bigger players that we will be talking about, certain few injuries. We're going to be covering all of those next. From Ali to Zaha, we've got it covered. Love Sport Radio. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, and I'm joined in the studio with Ricky Sachs, Jason McGovern, oh, and Chris Cannon. You can tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us on 0208 70 558 and get involved in the show tonight in what is a birthday show. Well, we have had a caller, Shubin. I'm delighted to say thank you for joining us, giving us a little bit of your time. Are you excited to see Troy Parrott? 
yeah, I mean that. I mean just that run, and then there's that moment where he can't lose control. He regains it, and the composure to do that chip. It, I don't want to be ghost perlers, but it's Kino, Raul, Darrell used to do that quite a lot. That little chip, that little dink chip, and to have that confidence, that composure at 17. And yeah, but you know, hopefully we'll get a chance against Colchester, and I don't know we'll see what happens next. Shubin, hi, Ricky here. Hope you're well. Um, tell us, do you think for you then you want to see him given the opportunity against Colchester? You don't think that's too early? I think Colchester, I think they're League One, aren't they? League One, League yep. Two, I think. So I think, you know, I'm not saying, obviously, you know, you know they're, obviously they're going to be a fish. They're, they're, you know, that, that is like men's football. You know, these are the kind of guys that have to, you know, basically, you know, make a living to pay their mortgages. They're not the superstars, so he's going to get, well, I'm saying roughing up, but he may get a few kicks coming his way. And, um, I think it's a good introduction as, as any, and hopefully it's just, it's just how he handles it mentally. And if, if he doesn't do well, how he handles it in training, does he, does, does he let his head go down or he come back in, you know, more, you know, more determined. So I think he's given the opportunity and, you know, I'm not, I'm just, I'd like to get out of Wembley, but if we had a massive upset, I wouldn't be disheartened as long as we gave, you know, people like him, um, I can't pronounce his last name, Penanga. I can't pronounce his last name, Tanganga. That's it, something. I can't pronounce the last one, sorry. But if we gave maybe those kids a chance and had some Tanganga, and maybe just go and give those kids a chance and have some good quality professionals. Obviously, I know you've got a lot of injuries, but we have got a decent squad. And, you know, maybe two kids and, you know, I could a decent number of professionals. And, yeah, hopefully we can get through in Salchester. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. Oh, but I, I wanted to congratulate you. Yeah, and just that's why I want to thank both Ricky and Jay for all their hard work and doing what they're doing. Congratulations two years and I'm hoping come May we have something to celebrate. You know, some, you know, some angel cake and some cucumber sandwiches. So, <laughs> cucumber. so yeah, I'm looking forward to that in May. Hopefully, I know Ricky's got angel cake up there anyway, so it is angel cake, isn't it, Rick? Uh, well, I'll tell you what, it's, uh, I'll give you a breakdown. We've got uh, chocolate brownie bites, millionaire bites and an S cake from Chris. What a guy. <laughs> I brought nothing. There you go. You, you, you bring yourself, Jay. That's, that's your all we charm. need. Your charm, Jay. Tra- transfer window shut on me and I couldn't get out of it. That's what it was. Shuben, <laughs> <laughs> always a pleasure to hear from you. Thanks for Thank calling you. us tonight on no, the Spurs Furniture and Lost Radio. We've also had a WhatsApp into the studio. It says, do you agree that Liverpool should never have been in the position to be better than Spurs? Now it seems like we're worlds apart. How do we bridge that gap? What signings do we need to bring in? It's the money. They spent a lot of money. And and we didn't. We didn't we, Chris was yeah. straight on that. We didn't spend money for five hundred days, and they they knew where their weaknesses were, and they went out and they done literally just ticked off uh, a shopping list of player after player who they needed. They identified exactly what they needed to challenge for the Premier League and the Champions League, and look what look what's happened. With Liverpool at the time, there wasn't much difference between the two clubs before they invested. It was the goalkeeper, and it was Virgil Van Dijk. When those two came Huge. in. And the forwards, and though. The, and the forwards, well, yeah, I think, but who was there at the Mane, time? Mane, Salah, still yeah, cost a lot of money for Mourinho. at the time, Salah was there originally. Maybe, okay, yeah, okay, that, that's fair. But at the time, when they went and brought the reinforced the defence, that's where Liverpool were an unstoppable force. They have done it over a few windows, though, and Jamie, mm. who's often on the show, does yeah. say it will take a few windows. It can't be done in one. I know, Chris, you really wanted to strike when the iron was hot this summer, but is it a case of you can't do, do it all in one window? Yeah, but potter has been in charge for six years now. How, how like... 
this conversation that we had last week... You're getting sick of that it, rebuild, aren't it, you, It, it continued yeah. in the pub and it continued on our WhatsApp group and I think it'll just continue forever. Um, <laughs> but how long, how long do you keep building? How long before... Like, if I asked you to, how, mm. how long are you going to give before you're thinking, oh, actually, I'm, I'm sick of it now. We've not won a trophy under Poch. Uh, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. We're not, pla- we're not signing uh, big players. We're not spending the money that all the other teams are. How long? I don't know, mate. I don't know. I've been a fan for what, 44 years, so and I'm still here. So, And I'm still waiting for us to win the league. So, you know, maybe another 44 years and I might get fed up with it. No, not in terms of that. Maybe not a great you've question, se- Jase. You've, you've seen more trophies than us. But not that question, Jase, but just on that point then. No, in terms of maybe this particular squad of players and, and, the, and the manager, not to, to sing about the manager, but how much more do you think needs to be done to get Spurs closer to Liverpool and Man City? Well, I've always said I wouldn't, I wouldn't be bothered if any one of this squad left, perhaps with the exception of Kane. I've said that to you, haven't I? Mm. I think there's flaws in each and every one of those players. I mean, I love Sonny, but do you get do you get 30 good games a season out of Sonny? Or do you get 20? So Sonny has to get that up. And and Toby, we've talked about in the air, and Danny Rose has got those weaknesses. But do you think sitting uh, all on those that players, point, have, you, even Christian yeah. Eriksen, even Harry Kane, you could, in a weird way, say, I wish he had half a yard of extra pace. So, and I've always found the flaws across the team have always caught up with us in the big games. And quite possibly the manager has his flaws as well. Surely that's every team knows, isn't it, Jay? That's that that surprises me. Yeah. You, you would only get, yeah, I know, but you would only keep one player in, in that no, squad. No, no, no. Not keep, but you, you wouldn't be sad to see if, if the others go. That's surprising me because you've got some class no, <laughs> in there, that 11. There is some class players there. I suppose what I mean is I wouldn't be sad to see any of those players go as long as we replaced them with top quality players. If we let Deli Alley go and we we sign a bloke from Norwich or Hull or Brentford to replace him, I might be fed up. If we lost Deli Alley and we signed a Real Madrid player or a Barcelona player, someone who's genuinely in their first teams, then I'd think, right, OK, because I think after six years, all of those big players that have been around have now lost enough finals and semi-finals where you have to start to question, are they the players that will take us across the line? Well, I'm delighted to say David Willis has joined us on the phone, calling all the way from Spain. Uh, we were talking about players who have gone on international duty. David, I know you want to talk to us a little bit about Lacelso. Got the injury, really disappointing there. Out to October, might not be back until November, you know, training and that's when he can play. Uh, what can you tell us of what happened? Good evening, lads. Well, firstly, congratulations on your two-year anniversary. I've been listening to the show before, so many congratulations with that. It's funny because Betty's here today. We celebrate 112th anniversary of the club, so it's a day full of celebrations, funny enough. There you go. Um, so There you go. Yeah, I know. Yeah, amazing, isn't it? It happens all at once, uh, like London buses, as you know. Uh, <laughs> in terms of Lachelso, yeah, real shame for him. Uh, obviously, I hear he's out until the end of October, according to reports here in, in Spain. But in terms of the player... It's a shame because, um, yeah, I mean, he's a great, great player. Um, he was fantastic for Betis last year. Uh, 46 games uh, for the club, 14 goals. Scored nine goals in 32 games uh, for us in the in La Liga. But really, he's shone in the Europa League. He scored five goals in seven games. Uh, scored a fantastic goal uh, against AC Milan. Terrific strike uh, to the top right and corner. I know because I was there. I saw it. And, um, yeah, I mean, a brilliant player. Um, probably, like, probably he, he can play all around the midfield. Um, likes to maraud forward from deep, probably in a, in a central midfield. Betty's played a, a 4-3-3 last year. Sometimes we played him last on, on, the, on, uh, on, the, on the left-hand side. 
It wasn't really his position, but when we put him central, just behind the attackers, that's when he came to his fore. Marauding forwards, jinking pass players, uh, great dribbling skills, uh, very adept on the ball. And, uh, yeah, it's a real shame that he got this injury with, uh, with Argentina on, on, on international duty. I saw some of that game. And, uh, yeah, he, he did quite well. He nearly scored with a goal. And then, he obviously, he's got his injury. So, big shame because, obviously, um, it'd be great for him to hit the ground running over there. And, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, the problem with him is he didn't have a pre-season because he's been negotiations with us to, to Tottenham uh, all the way through the, through the season, uh, for, the, for the pre-season. Uh, and then he came and, yeah, he didn't have a pre-season. And then, obviously, now he's picked up this injury. So, it's, it's a shame. But hopefully, when he, he, he gets back from, from injury, um, he can get back in, uh, into, well, into, into the squad. Because he is a really good player. But it's just, he just needs to give him a bit of time. Because the thing is with him, La Liga suited him down to the ground. He was ideal for La Liga. The style of more technical, less uh, hustle and bustle. Over in the Premier League, as you know, uh, much more frenetic, much more strength. Uh, he'll have to get used to the to the pace of the Premier League, and especially coming back from the injury, and especially not having a pre-season as well. But if the club can give him a bit of uh, time and, and fans can give him some patience, I can honestly tell you that he's he's a fantastic player. Uh, the only problem is for last season, but it wasn't really his fault. He had a bit of a dip in form, probably from about February onwards. Uh, which, but that coincided with our dip in form when we were knocked out of the Europa League uh, against Rennes from about February till about April. But um, apart from that, no, he, he was terrific for, for Betis. He was the, the, the shining light for, for the club. And it's no surprise that he's gone to a, to a Champions League club, to be honest. David, Chris here. Nice to talk to you at last. How you doing? Yeah, great to hear from you, Chris. Um, do you, with all the speculation about Ericsson um, perhaps leaving at the end of the season or in January, do you see um, Lo Celso as a, um, as a natural replacement for him? I think the different players, Chris. Uh, I mean, obviously, Ericsson um, been a top player for for Tottenham in the last few years. Could have been coming in as his replacement. We we thought from over here that if Lachelle is going to go, it's because Ericsson is probably going to sign for Real Madrid. It didn't happen in the end. Uh, obviously, with them two uh, together, I mean, they could be compatible. But um, I mean, it'd be a terrific midfield for them together. But in in terms of for him himself. It's it's going to be hard for him to break into the team, firstly, because I mean they've got some qualities, you know, in that in that Tottenham midfield. Um, but it'd be remains to be seen. But like I said, he firstly he needs to he obviously get back from his injury and, and get back into form. But um, you have a great player, and obviously with the Champions League campaign, you've got a lot of games this season. Mm. Uh, game time will be shared between everyone, so uh, yeah, the squad's going to be important certainly. I think as well that most Spurs fans tend to get the impression that he would be an Ericsson replacement almost as if he plays as a number 10 and he definitely doesn't yeah. play as a number 10 and, and as you say, Betis play 4-3-3 Tottenham don't really play 4-3-3 and if he is to play deeper and you're going to pick Ndombele then in a 4-2-3-1 that puts Ndombele and the Celso in there where there's no Winks, there's no Sissoko so I think there will be a, a real period of adapt. well obviously you've lost that, that first few months of that now but even when he does come back I think it will will be well into the season, you know, February, March type mm. of time before he genuinely gets the adaptation of to what his designated role is going to be at Tottenham. Absolutely, absolutely, totally. It's it's a shame, like I said, that he's not had that, that adaptation time to, to hit the ground running, to play from the very beginning. Um, yeah, he can play in, in, in different roles across the midfield. Um, 
But in terms of the, the Ericsson role, he's, they're, they're slightly different players. I mean, Lachelso's coming a bit more from deep, whereas Ericsson can be much more a forward attack line. Um, yeah, it remains to be seen how he's going to fit into the uh, into the, the scheme of things in terms of the formation. Like I said, they play different formations, Betis and Tottenham. Uh, I mean, they say quality players can fit in, fit in anywhere. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we, we've got no problems with, with Chelsea. I mean, we had, he had a fantastic season for us. Um, helped us on a really, really good season. Got us to the semi-finals of the Copa del Rey. Got us far, well, not as far as we were hoping in Europa Liga, but we got to, we were top in the group uh, for our group with uh, Olympiacos and obviously AC Milan as well, and he was part of it. Um, so from our point of view, yeah, we wish him all the best. And certainly, uh, I know I, I speak on on, uh, on a radio station here with, with Betis, and we speak about European football, and, and fans are always curious to see, like, our former players, how they're doing and things. And, um, yeah, obviously we, we will be following Lo Celso from, from, uh, from over here and, and see how he gets on. I think the other thing we need to clear up as well is is the, the terms of the deal. I, I keep seeing people saying Tottenham can have a, a look at the player, but as I understand it, it's an obligation to buy providing Tottenham finish in European competition. That doesn't have to be the Champions League. So if Chris gets his way and we win the Carabao Cup, then Lo Celso has to sign. <laughs> Yeah, that's according to what we we uh, originally. It was very strange because there was various different rumours coming out about about this deal. Um, firstly, it was going to be uh, a transfer. Then it turned out to be a loan deal, which saves us paying PSG. That's why we've done that of the sixteen million straight up saves us paying a, a certain percentage to PSG. But in terms of the deal, yeah, I mean, um, it's it's official that uh, if if uh, it's European football, then you you have to, to to buy the player. So it could be by anyway or the FA Cup, the Carabao Cup. Uh, Whatever, but um, yeah, first and foremost, um, yeah, we just hope he gets into the into the team because I mean, I'm I'm, I'm a, apart from a Betty supporter, I'm, I'm a football supporter in general, and um, he's he's one of those players that you would pay to to watch. He really is uh, that good, and like I said, it's it's all about patience, bringing him back up to speed, and, and getting him ready for the Premier League. But uh, you have got a really top player then, but it's just a case of fitting him in. But the good thing is he speaks the same language as the uh, as the manager. He's, I think he's from the same city as him, in fact. So the, in that respect, the adaptation period of him um, will be much more easy off the field. And then it remains to be seen how it is on the field. But um, yeah, just wish him a, a speedy recovery and, and wish him well in the Spurs shirt. Well, a great player on Spurs' hands. It'll be a little while yet before they get to see him fully in action. David, thank you so much for calling into the studio tonight and giving us a little bit of your time and giving a, a better insight into Lo Celso as a player. We really appreciate that. This is the Spurs Fan Show. We are talking all about the players on international break. Next, we've had a few interesting tweets. Giving your team a voice. Love Sport Radio. You're listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with Ricky Sachs, Jason McGovern and Chris Callan. This is Last Word on Spurs' second birthday. Birthday celebrations. We are talking everything where Spurs are concerned. Ricky, recently you said, you know, Spurs, for want of a better word, they're in a rut, you know. It's, it's, it's now or never. They really have to strike while that iron's hot. European Cup final, they really need to get themselves over the line. Something needs to change. There's a lot going on behind the scenes. Well, we've had some uh, interaction on social media from that. Someone said, we peaked two years ago, and this is the time now that, you know, how many of those players will still be around? Three, maybe four. I'm very scared that we've missed the boat. We can't be a team that gets to the 80-point mark consistently and never get over the line. We have lost so much from a defensive point. Would you agree with that? 
Yeah, in parts. I mean, I know people are thinking because I've maybe used the word stale. They're thinking, well, how could it go stale after just four games? I'm not talking about you four games. You bigger picture, wasn't you? I'm just talking about the bigger picture that, you know, there is that concern that this season, the sixth season with Maurizio, the fact that there are players there, as we know still, that maybe don't want to be at the football club. How easy is it going to be to galvanise this group? That's just my overriding concern that you've got players that, that knowingly don't want to be there. And we can go through them, we can list them, we know the players. I mean, Sir Jury has come out, and we're going to discuss it in the second half of the show, and he said himself that he wanted away, but there's been no competition at right-back, so he can't leave. So it doesn't really fill you with inspiring confidence that a player has come out and said that he wants to leave, but the reason why he's staying is because there's not enough depth in the squad in that area. So there are concerns, but Maurizio Pochettino has got a way about him where he can galvanise a squad. But if we're being brutally honest at the moment, that when you look at where Spurs are, and you look at where Man City and Liverpool are, we're on a completely different island at the moment. And we're in a separate race with Chelsea, Man United. Uh, who else have we got in there? Chelsea, Man United, uh, maybe Arsenal. I have to put Arsenal in there now, as your producer's telling me. Um, but apart from that, at the moment, you've got to be able to say that's where Spurs are at. You know, Liverpool and Man City, they're light years from us at the moment. Ricky, na- name the players. Name, name, the, the, name the players who don't want to be there. Christian Eriksen. Danny Rose, we tried to force him out, but obviously we, we couldn't get rid of him. Uh, Sir Jury has come out and said today that he doesn't want to be there. If he had the opportunity, he'd want to go. Toby Adeviro is not signing a new contract. Jan Vertonghen, he's still not agreed a new contract with the football club. That's five already. I wouldn't say they don't want to be there. What would you say? Toby hasn't signed a new contract, but I wouldn't say he doesn't want to be there. But he's, we know his support, well, we know, we've had inside knowledge on the show and we know from certain people that... He's inside had a con- knowledge? No, we've, we know there's been a contract sitting on the table for a long time that would double Toby's wages and he's refused to sign it. But, but based on players like Van Dyke, for example, Toby Alderweireld has been paid a lot less for a very long time. What do you think, Jace? Jace is putting the face. Go on, Jace. Well, I think when Van Dyke's contract came out on that WikiLeaks... Mm. It showed that despite the rumours that he was paid £180,000 a week, he was getting £124,000 a week, which we're told was the offer at the time that was on Toby's table. Toby is paid, what, something, some people say 50, some people pay £70,000 a week. The reason Toby's been paid £70,000 a week now is because he didn't sign a contract at one hundred and a week two years ago. So, you know, Toby's wage now being this underpaid centre-half just doesn't wash for me because he's turned down the chance of a pay rise. And his yeah, age it, as well, isn't but, it? His age but, as well, he's but, over the 30 mark. But with these players like Toby and Christian Eriksen, is it about the money? And plus the fact, I would just say on Van Dyke, the bloke's going to probably win the Ballon d'Or. Well, Toby can't defend a corner in the air. Van Dyke leads at a corner in the air. Van Dyke's a much better defender than Toby Alderweireld, mate. Yeah, but is it about the money? Well, you're getting back to the trophy point, aren't you, Chris? You're saying it's, it's more than just the money, it's about trophies, it's about seeing the club progress? I think so. Mm. I think so, yeah. Well, I think we're all in adamant the club needs to do... We, we know the club needs to do more, but the problem is when players want to go, you can't force a player to sign a contract if they don't want to be here. United struggled to try and get Ronaldo to sign a new contract. He left the football club. You can look at all different instances. You know, Barcelona, they didn't want to see Neymar go at the time. They didn't want to see Neymar go. He went to Paris Saint-Germain. So Spurs are in a situation where they know there's players there that don't particularly want to be there, but I do back Maurizio to galvanise the squad. He's had a meeting with them today, as he said himself, that you know he's trying to... You know, get this group together to fire them up, and we've seen that. 
behind the scenes last season, you saw that Champions League run. The squad looked so together. I mean, in the change rooms after games, the way the camaraderie was with the supporters. Chris, you've been at so many away days. It's yeah, a very together it's squad. Tr- it's true. But us, even as fans, and I said this last week, mm. um, leading up to the Champions League, the whole route to the final, yep. we were all on such a high. The, of course, the, yeah. the away day at Manchester City, the away day at Ajax in particular, that you know mm. that, that night will live in me for the rest of my life, as, as a lot of Tottenham fans. We will all remember where we were and what we were doing who we were with everything about Ajax you know we were all just taken on this wonderful terrific journey and I think that we forgot and just brushed under the carpet like the the one nil defeat at Bournemouth and yep. you know defeats like that for to, to teams like that that we should be turning over of course yeah yeah um, you know we lost a lot of games in the league last season and uh, it, it clearly wasn't enough but Champions League got us through it, and uh, you know when when people are, have been negative over the last four games of, of this Premier League season, I think you know some people see it as yeah, but we've only played four games. What, why are people being negative, and why are people saying all of this uh, negative things about our football club? Well, it's gone on for a long time, and uh, I think people people sort of forget about last season. Well, if Tottenham have missed the boat, as that tweet supposedly says, you know the manager says. We are in a painful rebuild at the minute. This is what's going to take. You know, Jamie often says Tottenham 2.0, but the fans believe that. Do you think you should strike now or you you are in the midst of a rebuild, Jace? No, I think it genuinely does need a rebuild. Like, like I say, there's, there's so many players now that have been there four years, five years, six years that that have, have unfortunately for us, failed on the, the semi. I mean, you know, you're talking Toby, lost in the cup final to Liverpool, lost in the semi-final to Chelsea lost in the Carabao Cup semi-finals to Chelsea last year. He's had his opportunities, but like who, like who, all of them have. But that's, who's that's better? Not singling it. We're, we're never going to spend the money to get better players in than, than people that, that, like I that. I think that's the overall concern, isn't it? Because if you're looking at it now, and you're, I see what you're saying. That's what I'm worried you're about. You're worried about the fact that if you know, let Jan Vuitton goes, if Eriksen goes, if Alderweireld goes, are we getting better yeah. than those three players? And no, it's not saying that we can actually be sure of. Let's be honest, we, we can't be sure of that. But, but yeah, the thing is... That's, I, that's, I get what you're saying, but, but for us, when we say who's better, let's be fair about it. If we'd have sit, sat here two years ago, and said, we'll sell Toby and we'll bring in Virgil van Dijk, we'd have all been laughed at. Why are we bringing mm. in van Dijk? He's nowhere near as good as Toby. But we didn't. But we didn't, and look where van Dijk is now. Yeah. So, you know, just there may well be players out there that you look at and you don't immediately sit here and think, oh, we should go and sign him. But that doesn't mean to say there wouldn't be a better player for but us. But it's a huge rebuild again, Jason. No, that, it is that, a rebuild. That's what really worries me as a fan, you know, particularly after... Potch has been with us for, you know, this is sixth season. I know I keep saying it, but, you know, to keep rebuilding, how many more rebuilds do we need? <laughs> but but you want the trophy, and there's a whole group of players there that have been there for four, five, six years that haven't won a trophy. Mm. So <laughs> what are you going to do to get them to win a trophy? Well, is it a painful rebuild? You can tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us on 0208 70 20 558. I have to step in before the debate maybe takes a wrong turn. Don't worry, though, because there is another hour of the Spurs show still to come. And I've got a feeling the debate might rumble on. Love Sports. You are listening to the Spurs fan show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. And I'm joined in the studio 
studio with Ricky Sachs, Jason McGovern and Chris Callan in what is not only a special show, but a very special birthday. Last word on Spurs, second birthday. Started in a bedroom and now look where you are now. National radio, <laughs> three shows in a week. Yeah, I tried to carry it on, but... Uh, <laughs> Started in the bedroom, <laughs> here we, we are. Here we are. Here we are. <laughs> well, well, basically, what, what's happened? We've, we've, we've reached eight o'clock. If it would have been one more hour, I could have took it a lot further. Fantastic. Let's talk about the football, though, because the international break has come to an end obviously the Premier League is back this weekend uh, Spurs play Crystal Palace in what is a massive game because Crystal Palace I must admit they fancy themselves they're on a good run Tottenham need that result at home you know the, the game uh, with Newcastle that still hangs over them a little bit but before we look at that Ricky you still want to talk about uh, a certain few players that run international duty yeah well, we saw Adam Rill end a run of 101 appearances without a goal for club and country where he scored during the week um, for Belgium against Scotland and also I want to get the chap's thoughts on Davinson Sanchez. Now, as we understand, he is a doubt for the game against Crystal Palace with a slight injury. Um, but we did see him send Neymar head first into the advertising boards. And, you know, sometimes as Spurs fans, you know, we love to see passion. We love to see him have that bit of aggression. But I just wonder that with Sanchez, the way he started the season, and to be fair, it's not been a, a great start. Do you think, Chris, he has to cut out <laughs> reckless behaviour like that? I love a bit of passion and aggression. I just wish that he, gets he, would, it, he, he gets yeah, it. he gets it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I wish he would uh, have done something like that at the Emirates uh, a couple of weeks ago. But um, no, I think he's going to be a, a superb player for the future. I think he's still got a lot to learn, um, and I think that's the key thing. He's, he's still learning, isn't he? But um, it did make me laugh when I saw that clip. What are you doing, Jace? It was nailed on penalty for me. I couldn't believe what I was watching. Nailed on yeah. penalty for me. But but you're right. If 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 our, one of our left backs did it, they'd be saying, yeah, but he gets it and he plays with passion. Who's that? But if Davinson Sanchez does it, and a scapegoat player does it, then you'll get ripped to pieces for it. But so, da- Danny's been Danny's been doing that sort of thing for years. For years, you know, because he gets it. Passion gets, gets it. Yeah, it. exactly. Yeah, he gets it. Well, let's move on to Danny Rose then, because I, I feel like uh, oh, I, I feel a bit worried. Yeah, you feel I'll be honest. I can feel the tension. It, something is happening in the studio. I must admit, I'm not quite sure what time the Uber is picking me up. I do hope it's in the next six minutes or so. But let's uh, let's talk about Danny Rose then, because uh, we know he's not one to shy away from uh, speaking to the media. Or, or shut the door and go for a break now. <laughs> or saying things that he wants to say. You know, he's not shy about that. There was potential of a move away this summer. It didn't quite happen. He is still there. But he, uh, he's made some latest comments. He said he doesn't need to prove himself and he will eventually tell all about what happened this summer. I won't start with you, Jace. Ricky, what do you make about that? Listen, I was one in the summer that backed Danny Rose to stay. Just when you look at the squad and what we had open to us, I still feel for me on his day, and I know we maybe haven't seen him consistently on his day for a long time, that he's a better left-back overall than Ben Davis. However, I said it during the week, the timing of the interview... I don't really understand the need for Danny to comment. And I know there is that argument that when they're in the, um, obviously the press lounge, these guys are doing their interview and they're walking through the tunnel and they grab a player for a couple of minutes. You know, the player still reserves the right to say, I don't want to have an interview. I think for Danny to come out publicly and say at the moment, you know, that, you know, he's going to tell all where I don't see the reason why he needs to do it. He hasn't had the greatest start to a season. I mean, you can be honest and say that. You know, he hasn't... I think even by his own standards, he wouldn't have liked the way he's played so far. I think there was three occasions against Newcastle where the ball went in between himself and Sanchez and not one of them dealt with it. And whilst I've been one of Danny's biggest advocates, you know, wanting to see him stay this summer, and I've said that he gets it, the passion, and but you have to also play with your head. And I do worry that Danny hasn't been himself so far at the start of the season. And I would find it very hard, based on current form, to pick him 
over Ben Davis because of just how he started the season? I mean, what's your thoughts, Chris? He also said that he's got a, a manager that backs him and likes him and he gets on well with. And uh, same in Gareth Southgate for, for you know both for Tottenham and for England. Um, but I don't know. Perhaps it, perhaps it's time for for Pochettino to actually put his arm around Danny Rose and make him captain of the club. <laughs> Chase, you clearly uh, you clearly have a view on it. Uh, um, from what I can gather, just in this small segment, you're not Danny Rose's biggest fan. Uh, that would be perhaps maybe uh, a nightmare for you, Danny Rose, captain of Spurs. What what is it about Danny Rose that just uh, frustrates you so much? First of all, I just don't think he's very good. I just don't think he's the player that he was three years ago, and and Spurs fans seem completely blind to it. When he when some Chase, I think some are also in agreement. Some, with you. yeah, some they they still think. It's the 2016 player, and he's been nowhere near that player ever since. Unfortunately for him, it's not that he lost form. He had a, a, a dreadful, dreadful injury, and when you've got a serious knee injury, it's not surprising that you never come back the same. So I have, I have sympathy for what happened. I think, all right, I've, I don't know the person, but I get, the, I get that feeling that he's bitter and twisted that he never got the Carl Walker move. I think Manchester City would have gone, they would not have gone for two fullbacks that season from one club. I think they'd have gone for Danny Rose had he been fit. He wasn't, so they went for Walker because the Walker story started to come, I think, in the February, March of that season, and Danny Rose got injured on January the 31st. Mm. I think Rose would have been their one, and he's seen what Walker's done since, and he, he looks at that and thinks, that should have been me. And I think that, 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 for want of a better phrase, bitter and twisted look to him is still there. When he says he's got nothing to prove, when he had a chance to move in the summer, who came in for him? Watford. You know, it wasn't the big boys. He should be wanting to prove to Manchester United or Chelsea or Liverpool that he's good enough to still play for them. But he, he just rests on his laws and says, well, I'm in the Champions League semi-finals and he picked me in the final, so and Gareth picks me for England. Of course he's got something to prove. His form this year has been appalling. He says Absolutely he's got, he says got nothing to prove, though, Jase. Well, he's wrong, isn't he? And, and there's the arrogance of a player, and we'll, we'll talk about it also with Oria saying, I've got no competition. Two really arrogant statements from two players that, that you know, should, you should have something to prove in every single game. I bet if you say to Harry Kane today, have you got something to prove against Palace? He'd say yes. Yeah. I was joking about the captaincy, by the way. Oh, thank God for that. It was just to see your face, and I know you're nearly on the floor. Um, <laughs> It was worth it just for that. No, um, when uh, when I when I heard um, that he was actually at the Watford training ground, just about to do a deal uh, with Watford, I genuinely felt quite sad as a as a Spurs fan, thinking, "My God, how on earth? Why on earth are we getting rid of one of our best players?" Been in nine years, any Chris as well. Yeah, been for a long time. Yeah, but yeah. but, but yeah. then when you look at the overall Used picture, to be one of our best players. It, I, I agree, Jace. I completely agree. That's what I was going to say because it, it, when you really um, dilute it and you and, and you think about it. You think that actually over the last couple of years um, we haven't had nowhere near what what we had before, um, so perhaps it is time for him to move on. But think about it from his point of view. Yes, he's playing in in uh, you know the England games now. We've played four Premier League games. He started every one of them, and he hasn't really put a lot of effort in, has he? Because even in the summer, didn't even go to Singapore and Shanghai. Was that his choice, though? That's something I would say. Was it more Maurizio's choice to leave him behind because he wanted him to find a new club? It doesn't matter, Ricky. I don't, I don't think it matters whether whose choice it is. If you're a Tottenham Hotspur player, mm. they're pay, p- paying your wages. Yep. You, you should be wanting to get on that plane and yep. say, I want to be there. You know, you're, you're a professional footballer at a top club. 
You know, you should want to be getting on that plane. Is, also, is this also the biggest problem for you, Jace? Because, you know, he's saying he doesn't need to prove anything. An arrogant statement. But this is not what the fans want to hear, you know. Whether he's still the player that he was or he's lost it a little bit. If we're just going on desire and commitment alone, he seems to be lacking in that area a little bit as well, isn't he? <laughs> Strange thing is, that's, that's the area he gets praised for. Oh, he, he gets it. It's the phrase that I keep hearing. He gets it. He during the game. Passion. I think we talk about more maybe during the game, Jesse. He plays, you know, with a maybe a heart on your sleeve. Uh, that's how maybe it's perceived by supporters. I mean, especially in those London derbies. I think it's fair to say that in those London derbies. Yeah, but they're, they're, does, they're does, a few games in a season. If, you know, if Jason's talking about a 60 mm. game season, you're in Europe, you're in, you know, yeah, both cups, no, I, I 38 hear, yeah. Premier League yeah. season. That's not enough because he, he well, plays brilliant in a few London derbies. Well, plus. <laughs> It's not that he plays brilliant in them. <laughs> he, 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 he acts brilliant. So, you know, the last game, everyone said, got to play Danny Rose at the Emirates. Got to play him against Arsenal. He gets it. We are also talking as if we've got this wonderful alternative left back that oh, we can switch in. And we haven't, let's be honest about it. No, not that's, yet anyway. That, that's a fair argument in that he may well still be the best fullback at the club. I've, mm. I wouldn't deny that, but he's nowhere near the player he was. I, th- he I think had, we can all agree on that, yeah. I think he yeah. has... I can honestly say I've seen him play really well back to the 2016 level once since then, which was the Chelsea semi-final second leg mm. last year, where he was brilliant. Yeah, and that's it, one game. Chase, you clearly feel that he's not the player that he was um, in the 2016 season. Do you think the manager thinks he's still playing at that level, or he's dropped off as well? Because is he playing because you don't have an alternative, or because the manager still believes in him that much? Well, I think at the start of this season, Ben Davis had an operation, didn't he, in the summer? Who else is at left-back? Well, Sessing Young is injured. Sessing Young came back injured, so he's more or less had to play him. But but no, I mean, he's right, I suppose, Danny Rosenstein. I was picked over Davis for the quarter-finals, the semi-finals, the finals of the Champions League. But I think Pochettino... If an offer comes in for him, I think he'd be delighted if he left the club. Well, we we, we could have played Jan Vertonghen there. That's a fair point. But That's course, the best left-back display we had all last yeah, year, yeah. wasn't it? But of course, the, the, the problems with him as well. Yeah. Well, selection, isn't it? That's the issue. At the moment, the reason Jan missed those first couple of games was because Pochettino deemed he wasn't fit enough. But, but then he... Ca- is that the, the, the enti- entirely the reason, because he wasn't fit enough? Or was there so something <laughs> else going on between those two players? Because he did come straight back into to the game at the Emirates. Do you believe it was purely fitness, Chris? Or no, was there something no, else? I, I, I think that, that, that we'll find out a lot um, that's going on at the club. Uh, you know, it might not be in the next couple of months, but it... it Once will... all these players leave their release books. Yeah. Yeah. Danny Rose's book, yeah. Yeah. Well, he did, he did start there, Ricky. There, there seems to be a lot going on. Player relationships, manager relationships, you know, arm around the shoulders. You know, the manager's not happy. I mean, I don't know how much you lot want to talk about it, but, you know, again, it could be a clickbait story, you know, because everyone loves to talk about things. But again, the manager is one of the odds-on favourites to potentially not be here after uh, once the season has concluded, either, you know, by getting fired, which I, I don't think would ever happen, or him leaving of his own accord. Is there a case where you three think maybe next season the manager might not be there? himself well first of all it worries me the fact that we talk about players that don't want to be at our football club you know you know you've got players too many of them isn't there at the moment I mean, exactly. Ori has come out and said that in an ideal world he wouldn't be at Tottenham but, but we shouldn't be hearing that now the window's shut when we beat Aston Villa yep. straight after that game Harry Kane said oh yeah it's really important to win the game because obviously we don't want to fall behind Manchester City yep. and, and mm-hmm. Liverpool Talking like we're going to win the Premier League then Lucas Moura did the same Harry Winks done the same oh everyone's got to be aware of Tottenham and then all of a sudden, Hugo Lloris is like, oh, no, we're missing something. Then Pochettino's saying, oh, no, we've got big problems at the moment. I've never had this many problems while I've been at the club. It's not good, is it? You it, don't want to hear this. this you is the do problem. not want to hear it, yeah. fans. That's the biggest problem. The, some of the stories coming out. And listen, Lloris, 
I've always said that we're not going to find, I think, for Tottenham a better keeper at the moment without spending a huge amount of money. And, you know, as a captain, um, clearly you see he does a lot behind the scenes with the players, but some of his interviews do worry me. To come out and say we're missing something, maybe you can think that, but I don't think it should then come out in the public domain, that message, because we're looking at that as supporters. We don't want to hear that. And like Chris says, you know, we've... After the Aston Villa game, you want to hear players come out and say, we're contesting, we want to challenge for the league. When you hear the other side, Jason, I mean, what do you think about Lloris' comments? Should he be broadcasting that publicly <clears> that we're missing something? In an ideal world, no. Probably not. But um, you're probably being brutally honest, wasn't he? We are missing something. You can be honest, but, but why but is it no, got to be in a public you're domain? Right, because it just drags it. You know, when... But then we we talk about players being, isn't it nice to hear refreshing views from a player when it's not the, the trotted out party line? But I'm with you, I think, just... Zip it. Just zip it. Don't talk about that. Just just do the, the boring stuff. Well, the manager is the main talking point at the minute. He did have a press conference today. Next, we're going to be looking at his comments and seeing why his demeanour over the last few weeks hasn't been the best. This is Love Sport. You're listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, and I'm joined in the studio with Ricky Sachs, Jason McGovern, and Chris Callin. And what is... Last word on Spurs, second birthday. Many congratulations there. You can tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us on 0208 70 20 558 for all your Spurs views. We can talk about and we can discuss them right here. Spurs obviously pay, play Crystal Palace this weekend in what is a massive clash. Now the international break is over and the Premier League returns. Well, we have had a call into the studio. Steve, thanks for calling us. You want to talk about some of the players that maybe could have potentially left this summer? Yeah, hi. Hi, Hi, Steve. Steve. Yeah. Thanks for calling. Yeah, I, I was, it was over the uh, international break. So it's obviously quite a boring time. But I was I was watching the Roy Keane interview where he was speaking about Sir Alex Ferguson when he wanted to get rid of him. And it, it just got me thinking that sometimes fans, I mean, I've seen a lot of fans very happy that we've kept Ericsson and Toby and Jan. It's got me thinking that when a manager wants to get rid of players, that is what they want to do, and they want to get rid of them. And the worst thing is when they, when they have to keep those players. I mean, could you imagine people at the club would have told um, Alex to keep Roy Keane, for example? And it, it just seems to me that Foschito wanted to get rid of these players, and he's frustrated that he had to actually keep them, in my opinion. Spot on. Absolutely spot on. If you, if you, if you don't want the player in the club, get rid. And, and whether fans like it or not, the, the manager picks a team. I always say, you back the manager. He's the one that sees them every single day. He's the one that has the talks with them. He's the one that knows how they're training, what they're doing, how their attitude is in the dressing room, how they're influencing other players in the dressing room. I mean, not being funny, if Harry Kane came into training late for two weeks and wasn't bothered, we'd still be saying, why isn't Kane playing? But Pochettino would be right to leave Kane out the side because you want those players to set an example. And you're right. If the manager wants you out of the club, get them out of the club, whoever that player is. Uh, listen, I, I hear what you're saying, Chris, and that's probably a lot of, a lot of the frustration. Um, sorry, Steve. A lot of the frustration, the fact that you know there is players there that he clearly wanted to move on. One of them, namely Danny Rose, as we know. And, you know, there was also an acceptance that Ericsson wasn't going to be here. Maurizio said himself that he was surprised that he remained at the football club. So now until January, whatever happens, especially with the injury to Lachelso, we now have to try and get the best out of Christian Ericsson because at the moment, there isn't really any other alternative in the midfield that we can say, OK, he's going to pick a defence apart. I mean, there is Lamella and, you know, Lamella is one of those players, as we know, he has his periods, you know, dip where he has a great period and maybe a not-so-great period. And it's up to Maurizio, really, to be the judge as to who he believes can fill 
the void up until January and beyond. But back to your point, Jace, obviously he, that's maybe why you've always maintained that he's frustrated because there's players there that he doesn't want to work with and he wanted to move on. I mean, look at Victor Wanyama. Well, I mean, we still got him at the club. And we, we know Poch was, a, was an absolute Wanyama fan. He's the one that brought Wanyama. And let's be fair, that first year, an absolute beast of a player. But since then, a, a little bit like Danny Rose, the injuries have taken over for him. He's got no mobility. He probably can't train with the intensity. And we know what Pochettino likes with, with the training things. So he just doesn't see from Victor Wanyama anything that he wants to see. And yet, he's still at the football club. Who, who do you who do you genuinely believe that Pochettino doesn't want there? Wanyama, Danny Rose, Sergio. Well, Oria, Oria. He's you know um, that's three players. Again, so and the other, and the other players. I mean, Alderweireld, Vertonghen. I'm not saying he doesn't want them there, but again, there's a question mark because if Vertonghen was 100, percent he'd be starting every game, wouldn't he? Steve, we really appreciate uh, you calling into the studio tonight and asking the boys your question. We have got another call into the studio, Adam, all the way from the States. Adam, thank you so much for joining the last word on Spurs on what is a special show, the second birthday, and you calling from the States. What is it you want to ask the guys in the studio? Well, uh, good evening. I wanted to uh, congratulate you guys on and wish you a happy birthday. That's what I wanted to do. Thank you, Ed. Oh, appreciate nice. it. Thank, thank you very, you very much. much. You guys have been wonderful, and that's, I think that's the reason why you've reached such an audience. Um, I did hear what you guys were talking about, and I think, I think you're probably spot on with the people that Pochettino wants out of the club. And I, it breaks my heart, too, because as a fan, you know, you always support the people that pull on the shirt. But Wanyama's a shell of his former self, and gosh, through the first couple of games, it seems like Danny is, too. It's hard to disagree with what you're saying. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I mean, it's disappointing, Ads, because um, I think now, especially when that window is shut, you want to know that you've got the right squad in place to work with. And I suppose, let's be honest about it, time will tell. We haven't yet played a game since that window is shut. And hopefully, with a win against Crystal Palace, that will settle everybody down. And, you know, we can look to move forward. I mean, it's interesting. Maurizio has said in his pre-match press conference today that, you know, he spoke with the players for nearly an hour to try and refocus again on our objectives. He says to be clear in our minds, to think that the most important thing thing is the collective and to start to put outside individual situations aside so he clearly is still aligning there to the fact that there is still maybe issues going on behind the scenes but he now wants the whole squad to collectively focus on the main goal which is Tottenham which is getting three points in every single Premier League game and trying to do their best in the upcoming cup competitions. Can I ask Chris do you think there's any players at the club that don't want Pochettino there? No no I don't no do you, Jace, then, because you asked the question, if I can ask you in return? No, I, I, uh, I don't know the answer to that. I, I would imagine one or two of them must be thinking, is he the man that's not going to get us across the line? Mm. And we'll look for the excuse that we haven't won anything because of he hasn't won anything. Well, Adam, can we ask you as well, just before we let you go, do you think there's any uh, players at Spurs that maybe don't want the manager to be there, maybe would like a change? It's, it's hard for me... To believe that would be the case, it seems like he's got a great relationship mm. with the players. The thing that's got me frustrated tactically with the way we've been playing has been, as, as we've talked about, you guys have talked about a lot, the fullback position, not just the people we have in that position, but when's the last time you've seen one of our fullbacks like just put his head down and sprint for the end line and pull something back? I mean, if you never threaten to do it, 
removes that threat, and then the defense is much more comfortable. All they have to do is put a little bit of pressure on you, and you, you square the ball, and even if you lose the ball, I mean, make them respect the fact that you're going to try to do it a couple times a game at least. I totally agree. I think that's also a massive issue. And listen, we know that Spurs generally, we haven't really had two top-class fullbacks. I mean, let's go back to, I don't want to take Jess back to Danny Rose, but back to Danny Rose when he was in that 2016-17 season and you had Kyle Walker on the other side. Mm. Teams were terrified of us. They were terrified of that pace, both at home and away, because away from home you could counter-attack them, and at home you'd have the respect where they were so concerned by the fullbacks. Therefore, the likes of Kane, Ali, Son, they had so much you know room to move because of just the amount of creativity going on throughout the pitch. And Spurs, I think, have to try and get back to that. Have to try and get back to, you know, hopefully two fullbacks with real extreme pace. You know, Ryan Sessing, I think, in time will be a great signing once he gets a chance to work. Maurizio Pochettino, he's injured at the moment. The other side, we have to wait and see, I think. I think there was two reasons for that. There, there was. They were two fantastic fullbacks. You know, I don't have a problem with the Danny Rose. No, I, of wish, not. I wish we had that yeah, Danny course, Rose. Yeah. Fantastic player. Not only were they two fantastic fullbacks, but we could allow them to bomb on and bomb on and mm. bomb on all game because you had Wanyama and Dembele helping the defensive side of the game. Now, when we push our fullbacks on and you hear them constantly saying, why are Tottenham's fullbacks are high? Because they're so vulnerable then on the counter-attack because you haven't got the Wanyama-Dembele partnership to stop the counter-attacks. And that's why we're getting done as well. So you don't think we're strong enough in the central midfield? At the moment. And Dombele, hopefully, is the first one of those. But, you know... Dembele and Wanyama was a hell of a lot different. Well, Adam, thank you for calling. We really appreciate you calling, especially from the States. Always nice to hear from you, Adam, there. Uh, Jace, you just mentioned that uh, there is a slight weakness in the centre of midfield. We know about the fullback issue. It, would that be the next issue for you that Tottenham needs to sort out? Who's going to spend all that money, though? Well, Ndombele, hopefully Ndombele is the first part of that. I mean, Moussa Sissoko was a, was a big difference last year, but he doesn't play with that that real defensive-minded discipline inside him that Victor Wanyama had, does he? So despite the the improvements in Sissoko, he's still not what Victor Wanyama was. And Domele may well become the, the Moussa Dembele role. But for me, that that balance in midfield isn't quite right. and We're not offering that protection. And that's why another reason why I think our defensive record has started to go downhill. It's not just down to the four defenders. I'll be stunned, Chris, about you. I don't see them spending any more money on that central midfield for a while now. No. No, no I, it does. It does worry me. The, the the defensive side of our game at the moment really worries me. And when you go back to like you just said, sixteen, seventeen season, Carl Walker, Danny Rose, the amount of assists, the amount of goals that that come from the, those two. Not um, just that though, the clean sheets because that yeah, clean you know, sheets. Well, exactly. you, know, you, you mentioned the, yeah. the how important they were going forward, but yeah. from another point, you know, Tottenham's clean sheet record that year was was incredible. Yeah. Yeah, um, but that Chelsea game, the two nil game, where we oh yeah, their, that was incredible. We stopped them winning. Mm. What was it? Fourteen straight wins. Yeah, everyone remembers the two Christian Eriksen assists, mm. the two Deli Ali headers. Yeah, Victor Wanyama was immense in that game. But yeah. I think back also to that Man City game. You know, when we beat them under Guardiola for the first time. I think we that game where Ali again was w- tormented them. Yeah. And I just wonder, you know, just on Eriksen. We've seen Maurizio Pochettino again come out and insist now that Ericsson's happy to be at the club. He says he's always been happy here. Of course, everyone has their aims and their challenges, but I told you before the Arsenal game that he wasn't in the right frame of mind to play. I just wonder now, because with the situation of La Chelsea, where he's going to be out now for a considerable amount of time, if you feel, Jace, we're going to get the best out of Ericsson over these next couple of months. I'm just going back to that season. That, that season where you talked about our buccaneering fullbacks. Don't forget, Ben Davis played half that season. At I did. Back. Yeah, he did. 
But tell me, on, on Ericsson, <laughs> but just on Ericsson, do you think we're going to get the best out of him now? No. You don't? Not, not week in, week out, no. I disagree. I, I don't think we'll see uh, a really committed Christian Ericsson all season. He's he's got to play though, Jace. He's he's you know he's got no issue with Pochettino. I think they've got a very very good relationship. I don't think that the move away from Tottenham for Ericsson is about the money. I think it is about him and his football career. It's pathway, isn't it? It's pathway. He wants yeah. to go on to um, I was going to say a bigger club, but a a a club where he he wants to win um, and and go on to achieve. Um, and I and do you know what I, I I now have the mind of of if we had won the Champions League I still think that he would have left. Yeah, no, I agree. I because, think because that's yeah, his pathway. Yeah, and do you know the thing is now this is no disrespect to to anybody. There's very few clubs you can go to now, apart from Tottenham. That is a, a, a an above level, is it? I mean, the club just got to a Champions League final. Can you honestly say, apart from Tottenham, that you know are consistently trying to not only get into the top four but attempted to try and challenge Man City Liverpool there are very few clubs to go and therefore Ericsson he seems to want to go to the Real Madrid's uh, Juventus I mean okay maybe you'd argue it's a different challenge but is that, there's very few but, clubs he can but go if to you, if you're going to go and play for Real Madrid even if it's in January or the end of the season or the start of next season mm. you've you've got to be a very good player you've got to have a very good season and, and that's what he needs to do do you think, though, and then if he doesn't put in those performances for Spurs, that mm. could wreck a potential move Definitely. In? I really do. This yeah. is no offence to Christian Eriksen, but I don't know if he's good enough for Real Madrid. I'm just being mm, honest. I've I've I don't think... I, well, consistently-wise, is he Jace? Sounds bitter now. I don't think... <laughs> really, I don't think he does. Chris, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think he does. Bitter. I, 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 think I don't know if I agree him, with that, I think but if I don't you know watch if it sounds bitter. Over the last 12 months, if you are going to tell me, is that a Real Madrid player there... Yes, in certain games, but when you analyse his last 12 months in Tottenham, I don't think he's good enough for Real Madrid on a week-by-week -week basis. God, Gareth Bale. How many pelts has Gareth Bale got? And that final season at Tottenham, he was remarkable. Uh, I mean, Gareth Bale's stats alone are just frightening. Yeah. I don't think Christian Eriksen over the last the last six or seven months would be any better for Madrid than Isco is. But if you get the Christian Eriksen of the first three years of his Tottenham time, that's an entirely different player. That's a big arse, That's a big gamble. That's my worry, that the Ericsson we saw at the, the back end of last season will become the Christian Ericsson that we see. And the more and more we go down the line this season, when it gets to March, April next year, I think that's the Ericsson we'll see again. Well, we do need to turn our attention to the Premier League. It is Crystal Palace on the weekend. We're going to be talking all about that game. We've got a guest on to preview it. Chris Hamlin from the Back of the Nest podcast and also looking more and a deeper dive into the manager's press conference today. Love sports. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with Ricky Sachs, Jason McGovern and Chris Cowling in what is Last Word on Spurs' second birthday, a very special day today. Well, we have had some more tweets into the studio. You can tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us on 0208 70 20 558. And as I read that out, Ricky slightly looks a little bit nervous. Well, we have had another tweet off what you said, Ricky, and it says, isn't the reason why Spurs bought the players that they did this year was to freshen it up, you know? You you're saying, Ricky, that uh, it's slightly gone stale, but you still want the players that we should be letting go, i.e. Rose, to stay at the club. Well, I said in the summer, when I looked at what we had available to us, Danny was still the, the best player out there. You know, we wasn't linked with too many left-backs. So I'm um, hopeful in time, Cessna Young will, you know, will be our permanent left-back. Um, this is no offence to, to Ben Davis. I said it before, he's dependable, he's reliable, but I don't see Ben Davis being good enough to help Tottenham to try and contest or to try and compete with Man City and Liverpool 
for the Premier League. That's no disrespect to Ben Davis. And the same with Danny Rose. He's not good enough to maybe help Tottenham reach that next level. And, you know, we keep saying on this show that it is going to take time. I know Chris is, is sick of this whole rebuild thing, but it, it is going to take time because it's not all been done over the summer of what we need to do. We still need to improve the fullback area if Spurs are to significantly push on. And, you know, we just have to hope Maurizio is prepared to carry on with these group of players and try and oversee the next project. Maurizio Pochettino is obviously told from the Tottenham board, Mm. you finish top four, we're very happy. Yeah. Right? So, and we get Champions League every year. We get Champions League football, we get good good quality football, we have great away days, uh, we have all the top teams at our stadium. Um, But if... Maurizio Pochettino is now in his 10th season in charge. I don't think it will get to that point, will it, Chris? Why not? Being... Well, it won't do, will it? Yeah, well, let's but... be honest about it. I think we know at the moment, we we hate this out as fans, but we do feel at the moment slightly concerned that we are reaching potentially a sliding doors moment. Yeah, but this is, this is, this is my point and this is my question of how long mm. does this keep going on? Because as long as Maurizio Pochettino gets top four... Everyone's happy. See, I think he's different to Arsene Wenger. I, I don't think he will allow himself to get to the point where supporters are going to start getting on his back in numbers. It's not like that at the moment. I think a lot of people are respectful for how far Maurizio has taken us. And I think he will know the right time in his mind where he feels enough is enough in his end. And I feel as a supporter that I'm still behind him for the moment, definitely. Well, Chris, you just said there, though, if we keep getting top four every year, mm-hmm. supporters are happy. Are they happy, though? Because you would still say, no, you're not happy because you do want to win a but trophy. I, I, so I, I, they're not all happy at just that every year. I seem to be in the minority because whenever I talk to people, they're like, oh, no, but Champions League. Like, like you spoke to Jamie last week. Mm. It's just all about top four. But then again, I said that's, I don't want to say the younger generation, but there is a divide, isn't there, between the two. It's all right for some, but it's not everyone entirely, is it? Jace, you wouldn't settle for that every Every year, would you? No, I think the misunderstanding is, like I said, I want us to be a top four club. We not, are now. Not, yeah, we are well, now. Yeah. I want us to be a consistent top four club, not just because we're a top four club, but for me, if you want to win league titles and Champions Leagues and things, and you want to become one of those elite clubs, you need to be in the Champions League to bring the players in. So it's not just being in the top four. It has to have the ultimate goal of becoming the number one club in your country. And, and I think you can do that with consistent. Like I say, I think it's, what is it, 45 of the last 53 domestic trophies have been won by consistent top four clubs. That tells you the importance if you want to win trophies. Unfortunately for us, we've become a consistent top four club without a trophy. And so that's your problem. I get your point, but also being a top four club means you also are closer, I think, to the top two, which Spurs at the moment are not. You would arguably say that we are where we are at the moment we're fighting to get into the top four yeah. rather than fighting the top two for the top spot. Yeah, no, we are this season for sure. Yeah, but you're just basing that on the start to this season, which is no, a small I'm basing sample it on last size. season as well, though, Chaz. You know, let's be honest, even last season, there was a period up until the Burnley game where there was a genuine chance of Tottenham attempting to challenge Liverpool and Man City. And unfortunately, Spurs' squad was shown up. It wasn't strong enough to be able to sustain a battle over four competitions. And just to start this season, I think you can see, and this is, again, I'll say the point, that Liverpool and Man City are on a completely different island to Spurs. And it is going to take time to, you know, try and get the squad up to up to the level where it can compete with them. Well, let's... Sorry, Chris. Sorry, go on. I was going to say that the last couple of seasons have been fantastic under Pochettino and, and particularly getting into that Champions League final. And for me... This was the 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 time to yeah. to really go and do it. We didn't we didn't spend any money for five hundred plus days. Yes, I know we bought four players in. You know, three of them have got injured. One's gone out on loan. Um, but were they? Did we buy enough? Did we spend enough to actually challenge for the Premier League title? Because surely that is our next 
target? It's a good question. Jase? No, you're you're right. We didn't. We didn't. And it should be our next target. And that's why I say I don't just want to be a top four club for the sake of being... I don't want to be in the top four because we'll be able to play Barcelona or Bayern Munich. I want to be in the top four because we want a challenge for the title. And as you said, we didn't do it in the summer. But if you're saying Danny Rose wants to go, doesn't want to be there, and then you've got Toby, Jan and Eriksson um, all could walk away, that's hell of a rebuild again, isn't it? Oh, I said to you, I said on Monday, it's a massive rebuild next summer and that's why I wonder if Pochettino will want to do it because so many will be leaving for no money. Is that maybe why he didn't make more marquee signings or spend more money? Because he doesn't uh, maybe know what positions he's going to need to strengthen next year, who walks away, other areas may be needed, then they're going to have to go out and spend more money. Is there a little bit maybe of him waiting? Because we look at the manager's comments today, you know, he said he had this meeting with the Spurs players after the international break and Mm. we had an hour and a half talk through about our objectives for the year and, you know, so there seems to be, even after four games, the players are having to have these meetings to put things right. Chris, you said that um, you found that slightly (laughs) strange, you know, already (laughs) Four games in. I don't like the fact that that, uh, Pochettino is having meetings with Levy and uh, he's then having all these meetings with the players. It just, it it rings alarm bells. It really does. I I just think that there there are things wrong. Um, Such as what? What what, what, what do you mean? When you say there's things wrong, I know we can't put our finger on it. It's speculation, of course, but... It's it's certain people not being happy. Um, We don't know who who they are. We don't know who's saying what, but um, obviously some people aren't happy and it will come out one day. As Danny's promised. As Danny's promised, yeah. <laughs> but I think the most important thing is to look ahead now to the game at the weekend because, let's be honest about it, the most important thing is winning football matches. And if we go and beat Crystal Palace, hopefully that does settle us down a little bit where we can go on a, you know, a, run, of, a run of games. You know, I look at Tottenham's fixtures coming up and we have got games that are winnable. And you know, in that is Leicester. I'm not saying Leicester is a given. That's going to be a tough, tough game. But Spurs' next seven games in 21 days is Palace. We've got Olympiacos in the Champions League. Leicester away. Colchester United away in the League Cup. Southampton... And Brighton away, sandwiched in between Bayern Munich. I mean, there's a run of games there for Tottenham to really pick up some points mm. and get some momentum going. Well, what a better segue because we're going to turn our attention to the first game of that busy fixture <coughs> period. We're looking at Crystal Palace this weekend. It's Spurs against Crystal Palace. They've had back-to-back wins. We're talking all about it with Chris Hambo next. This is Love Sport. You're listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, and I'm joined in the studio with the last word on Spurs' second birthday. Birthday celebrations, Ricky Sachs, Jason McGovern and Chris Callan. Of course, the Premier League is now returning. The international break is over. Massive game on the weekend. Crystal Palace versus Tottenham. Well, I'm delighted to say Chris Hamling from the Back of the Nest podcast has joined us to give us an opposition preview. Chris, thank you so much for giving us a little bit of your time this evening. Palace are riding high. Back-to-back wins, beating Manchester United at Old Trafford, then getting the victory against Aston Villa 1-0 in which they kept a clean sheet. They're going to be feeling positive going into this one, aren't they? Yeah, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? I mean, you know, for, for once we've had a good start in the Premier League. It didn't look that way when we lost to Sheffield United, but very much turned it round and Roy has made many people, including myself, look a little silly for questioning him. But, you know, early in the season, we've got plenty of time to ruin things for ourselves. <laughs> I, heard, I heard a stat that you're the last team, I think, to win at Old Trafford, Anfield, the Emirates, the Etihad and Stamford Bridge. Is that right? That is right, yeah. It's, it's an incredible stat, really. And, and in particular, when you look at some of the games and, and how we've played in those, we've kind of we've pulled performances out of the bag that you, you wouldn't have thought we had in us. Um, I think particularly at City last year, scoring three goals, being the only team to beat them at the Etihad, and, and obviously Townsend's goal, Townsend's goal was absolutely outrageous. But 
Um, we've just had that that thing for a couple of seasons now, particularly under Roy, where we've just been that little bit more comfortable uh, away from home when, when teams come at us. Although, let's face it, that's not really translated to, to when we've played Spurs. No, but they've been they've been pretty dull games, haven't they? I have to say, the, the four years Palace of it's the fixture I least look forward to. I just think, oh, it's going to be dull. It's going to be one nil, and not a well, lot's going it. to happen. And the match of the day highlights will struggle to get two minutes from it. Well, that's it. That's our thing. We lose one nil to you, and that's how we're going to keep it. Um, that's Roy, I think that's Roy's game plan uh, for some reason. It's, it's, it's weird, isn't it? We we always seem to be that little bit uh, unadventurous against you. We, you know, I think pay perhaps a little bit too much respect. Um, you know, that, that's Roy's mo really. That he particularly against the the bigger teams that we expect to maybe lose against. He sets us up to defend first and and obviously counter when we can. And I think it's always depended. You know, what players are available. You know, really the form that Zaha's in, just to how you know in terms of how well we counter, but. You know, Spurs have always done a good job under Pochettino of of negating our attacking threat on the break. So, it really they are they are dull affairs. It's a lot of attack versus defence, but we're we're closing down all the space, and then obviously yourselves defending brilliantly to stop us breaking, and it just becomes a, a case of if you score, that's it really. Um, and I'm really hoping that things change this time. Chris, how do you then see Palace setting up? I mean, generally, because Spurs, let's be honest about it, our last home game. Didn't go to plan, obviously, that defeat to Newcastle. How, how do you see Palace approaching the game? Bearing in mind, you've obviously come off the back of that win over Man United. Well, interesting. Those those two wins have seen um, Roy sort of dispense with his trusted narrow 4-4-2 formation, which has been driving us all a little bit mad, particularly at home. Uh, because, you know, we're, we're a team that used to... You think of Palace, you think of fast wingers and counter-attacking and all that. But the 4-4-2 doesn't really allow us to do that because Roy tends to play central players in those wide positions and then Zaha's been playing up top alongside usually Benteke but the form of Jordan Ayew which is a thing I've never thought I'd actually say out loud um, <laughs> coupled with the fact that we've just decided that to try and stop ourselves getting outnumbered in midfield so I'm expecting us to line up very much 4-5-1 with the wider players becoming a 4-3-3 uh, in possession of the ball which again I don't think we'll have a huge amount of possession but when we do, we will be looking to counter. But I think the difference this time will be we'll be looking down both flanks rather than whichever flank Zaha's playing down. Are you, are you all pleased Zaha's actually stayed? And was you upset that he, he was so publicly wanting to leave in the summer? And then also Zaha, from a Spurs point of view, we must be the one team that he never seems to have a great game against. Well, yeah, that's it's that's that then. You've said it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 that's it. Three 0 Palace. Cheers. <laughs> that's that's right. Right. Gary Gary Kay will be man of the match. I tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, um, in all seriousness, I, I I think it's a difficult one, isn't it? Like you obviously don't want your best players to leave. I mean, you've you've had a similar situation with Ericsson. So you know, Pochettino saying he's now happy to stay and all that. But it's a difficult one when a bigger bigger teams are, are supposedly coming in for your player, but. You know, we've known Wilf's been looking to, to move for a couple of years now. His agents tried really hard to get him a move. And just for whatever reason, nobody's quite prepared to meet our valuation or perhaps, you know, a club of the size that Zaha's looking for hasn't come in. So I, I'm not I'm not over the moon about it because I'd like to have just got it sorted. I think, you know, if he's, if he's at Palace, despite the fact he's my favourite ever player, you know, and he's not happy, he's, he, we're not going to see the best of him. 
but also it's starting to get that thing where a few of the fans have turned a little bit against him and think he's been disloyal. And, and I'm really uncomfortable with that because I think he's shown incredible loyalty over the years. Yes, we've paid him well, but you've got to expect that sometimes your best players are going to head off. Um, so it's a little bit of an uncomfortable situation, but you know he's, he's getting back to a bit of form and a lot of people reading too much into it, in my view. He's not had a proper pre-season because of the AFCON. And he's just starting to get that rhythm back in his game. And um, fingers crossed we get the best of him. And I, th- I think January we'll see we'll see something happen. Well, Chris, very quickly, I do have to put you on the spot. Obviously, you, you're part of the Crystal Palace fan show. Uh, and they were very excited this week. They thought they were going to get a result on Back of the Nest podcast every Tuesday on Love Sport Radio. I now have to ask you, what, what is your score prediction for the weekend? Well, my head prediction is we'll lose 1-0 because that's what happens. Um, but, you know, my heart and, and the way we're playing and, and you know, defensively some question marks so I'm going to say I'm going to say it's going to be 2-1 Palace there we go why not Wow Chris there you go 2-1 Palace really thanks for giving us a little bit of your time Chris hopefully we get to speak to you soon Chris Hambo there from Back of the Nest podcast before I get your uh, score prediction you three here in the studio I'm delighted to say we've got another caller into the studio it wouldn't be last word on Spurs as it is a birthday show without Adrian's corner Adrian thank you so much for calling how are you today Fine, thank you. I think that Palace fan has forgot to take his medication. <laughs> He's going to win 3-1, yeah? Yes. Um, I'd like to see... I don't know what your formations are. I mean, I'd like to potch to go with a 4-3-3. Uh, I'd actually play Lamella. He's got one goal and four assists, so he's in form. Kane, obviously, because he's hot. Son as well, because he just not needs a goal to really get his sharpness up, you know. And then in midfield, I'd go with Endon Ballet. Ericsson and Winks. And I would actually play Ryan Sessignon, Alderweireld, Vertonghen and uh, Walker Peters because I think the two full-backs will, will, will get a lot of space and room, you know, and obviously Lloris in goal. What do you guys think? Hi, Adrian. Thanks for giving us a call again. Um, I think with Sessignon, it looks like at the moment he's still to be assessed. So I don't think I can see him starting the game, if I'm being honest with you. I don't know if he'll start him. I think he'd want him to embed him in a few games first maybe off the bench before he starts the game so I wouldn't be too sure on that I mean the midfield to some degree obviously we want to see Undumbele start if again if he's fit it looks like he's back in training it's just whether Pochettino believes he's he's fit enough to start the game Um, he doesn't have too many options does he really I mean the Chelsea's out at the moment obviously Kane you'd expect to start I think the big dilemma which will be interesting is what he does at left back Um, because now it's not not the kick Jason Danny Rose well, I think it'll be interesting if he does start Danny Rose. Of Jack Chase has chucked this. Talk to Danny Rose. Is it Danny, Danny Rose or Ben Davis? What do you think he's going to do, Adrian? I think he'd rest Rose for this one. He's not been in the best form. I think if it isn't setting on it, would actually be Ben Davis. I'm not bothered if Rose plays because I don't think our fullback should actually be under a lot of pressure because Palace will park the bus. Adrian, we really appreciate you calling. Thanks for that. Will Willie he park the bus? We're not sure sure who will start a left back. All big questions, but we do need to now get the three opinions in the studio. Palace fans, they are predicting a win. They're not only predicting a win, they, they seem quite confident about it. Ricky, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts going into this weekend's game? Well, I think Ben Davis will come back into the Spurs team. He played for Wales, obviously in their international game. I think we will see Ben Davis make his first start of the season for Tottenham. I think he deserves that opportunity as well, but just because of how Danny Rose has started the season. Hopefully 
hopefully it'll fire him up. You know, hopefully it will. Um, but I think Spurs will get back to winning ways. They need to. I think, like I say, the show this week, um, there's still a lot of uncertainty. I think over the last couple of weeks in the studio, definitely has been some concern, especially on, the, on our shows. So I think we'll get back to winning ways. I'm going to go for a 3-1 Spurs win. 3-1 Spurs win. Jace, you were pulling a face there. Like, you was a little bit shocked to that. What are your predictions and thoughts ahead of this weekend? game? just going to see a scoring three against Palace when they're, they're so defensive and they'll... They'll just let us have the ball in wide areas and our delivery from wide areas is so poor. So, you know, the fact that we've had 1-0, 1-0, 1-0, 1-0, 1-0 against them, mm. I think it will be that type of score again. The, the one player that, that I'd like to see come back into the side and I want him to play as close to Kane as he can do is Deli Alley. Yeah. I mean, he's I'd be, I'd be he's been a big miss, start. hasn't he, yeah. Jason? He's, he has been a big and And even last year when he took a lot of criticism for his second half of the season, I don't think he was ever fully fit. And then because the the problems we had in midfield, he played a lot deeper for us. And I, whilst he can play there, I'd like it's to not see his best De- position. No, is I, it? I like to see Delhi as close to Kane, and I'd like to see the Kane son Delhi Ali as as your as your main threat up front. You already feel Chris is a must win, game, didn't you? This, I know it sounds silly. Yeah. We're only four or five games. We have to win this. I agree with Jason. Though I think it, I think Tottenham will win one uh, nil. I think it'd be a very very close game. Um, I do hope that we see um, a good performance though on Saturday because so far we've had two Premier League games at home. Um, neither game has been that great. Newcastle was absolutely dire, and uh, the the first half against Villa weren't that great either. I know we won the game, but the, the first half wasn't that great. Um, but yeah, it would be lovely to see Deli Ali back. It's always nice to see players come back uh, from from injuries. But I, I do believe that you know people like Hunmin Son need a goal. Lucas yeah. Mora, I'd like to see him more involved in in you know the Tottenham team. So would you start on both Chris Mora and? Son? I think I think I would. Yeah, I think I would. I I, I love Tottenham's attacking play, and I, and I, like I said earlier about um, the service to to Harry Kane, I think he needs a lot more service in the team. Just one thing, Chris, I wanted to ask you. Obviously, you've been at all the home games so far as you go to every game. How much on Saturday's game is reliant on the crowd as well? Because we know Palace are coming to... No, honestly, they're coming to frustrate. They are there to try and, obviously, antagonise, to look for a counter-attack at Tottenham. We saw what they did at Man United. Yeah. You know, it was like a, you know, sort of FIFA stats. They scored a goal, but Man United dominated possession, dominated the attempts on target. How much is it down to the crowd also just staying patient? This, this season, I know we've only played two games, but it, it was very, very quiet. I know it's a brand-new stadium. Uh, you know, we've only played there a handful of times and everyone's getting used to it. Um, you know, different people sitting in different places. But, you know, the crowd do really need to get behind the team and, and, and sing their heart out and, and be that 12th man, uh, really, and just help the team. Agree. Yeah, yeah. That's the most important thing, I think, as well. Saturday, like Jay says, he thinks it's going to be a 1-0 game. It's just, again, to the point, isn't it? The crowd have to get behind the players. It's a, it's a two-way street, don't get me wrong, but we need that crowd to be there on Saturday. Of course you do. And, and you know, the... All those atmospheric, and when you go to Palace, they are behind their side. Mm. And when you think of all the big atmospheres, they get behind their side. No matter so what minute either, just... that has to be said, no matter what time it is in the game, their supporters stay with a team and Spurs have to decide that if it isn't going your way on the hour mark, we have to get that result of the weekend. So it is so important to stick with the team. I think with Palace as well, those types of sides, people think about, oh, you need to score the early goal. I think they're the types of sides that even if you do score early, they don't change it. They still have the bus parks and they think... We'll stay in, don't concede the second. In the last 15 minutes, we'll try and win a set piece and nick a 1-1 and we'll go away with a point. So it's not exactly even scoring what they've done against Man United. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But this month could really change um, everybody's opinions, everybody's mood. You know, we've got five games this yeah. month. Palace at home, Olympiacos in the Champions League away next week. Um, Leicester, Colchester, Southampton. They're all winnable games. All five of them 
are winnable games on paper and we, and we should get good results in all of them. Well, all five are winnable games. It starts this weekend against Palace. They're hoping for a better result after what happened with Newcastle last time. This has been the Spurs Fan Show on Last Sport Radio. It is last word, second birthday, last word on Spurs, second birthday. Happy birthday to that. We're hoping for a positive result on the weekend. We'll see you next week. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.